Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Number 14, Penn State takes out Maryland and Bruce to 8 and 2 on the season. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors. Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. This month, keep an eye out for the Raspberry Bikes Shandy and the Double Disco Southeast PA Style Double IPA. However, don't forget our official beer. The Pater IPA is still available right now in Funk's tap rooms, but it won't be around much longer. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products must be 21 years or older to purchase please drink responsibly also bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Pater is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com, and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One has the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black, and the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 Penn State football season. It has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10-year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believe.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. Thank you for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB 11, and at Tom Hannafin. Just a quick programming note. Um, this coming Friday, the 18th, I believe, November 18th, we are going to be shifting our time slot for one day only on ESPN Radio State College. So for those of you that have been joining us typically on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. this Friday because of a Penn State men's basketball game, we will be on the air this coming Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern live on ESPN Radio State College. So set your dials. So that's going to be good. Uh, I'm joined by Matt McGloin, who's on location from his car, and I appreciate your commitment to this show. I know you watch the game. Penn State knocks off Maryland by a score of 30 to nothing. A little yeah. bit of a snoozer there in the second half, but a dominant effort altogether. Gosh. You and I were texting about it a little bit. I mean, let, let's let's just take your initial reaction to this game. How did you feel about it? Offensively, Tom, like I'm, I'm watching and I'm like, this is a little sloppy. It, but, but in terms of the run game, how good is Nick Singleton? Excellent. I mean, gosh, man, you know, it's just so impressive. I know it's funny because the second, I think it was the second time he had that fourth and one touchdown run. I think the announcer said something along the lines of like, yeah, Mike, you should see something here. 
you know, talking about these short yardage distances. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't think anybody sees anything here, Tom. I think it's just Nick Singleton is better than everybody on the field. That's and that's what it's becoming with these two backs. I mean, they mentioned this as well. And I and I agree that even as freshmen right now, as you wind down towards the end of this football season, you potentially have the best one two punch, not just in the Big Ten, but in America when it comes to the running back position. Um you know, and, and again, you know, uh, I, we talked a little bit on the, about the pre on the preview episode and in the weeks past in the future. Now, when you add Alar to the mix, I mean, you, you, you're creating you have the potential to create a monster uh, as an offense there. And, and here's the difference. And again, we've talked about Sean Clifford and what he's meant to the program. A lot of touchdown passes, a lot of wins. Um, you know, a lot of tough games that he was a part of. He's done a lot of great for the university. The inconsistencies are there. They're not going anywhere. Uh, you have to believe. You have to assume they'll still be there for these final two games and for the bowl game there. It, it's it's the overthrows, right? You know, you said it perfectly, Tom. In that 25 or under range, he's legit. He's automatic. But the, the, the deep ball touch isn't there. Um, it, it's just... You asked me, you know, via text message, why is he missing that high? It's the footwork. It's the short stride. It's just, it's not, it, it just doesn't look comfortable sometimes to me. But, but I, why I mentioned Alar and the point I'm getting to is that that can be the difference with a guy like Alar when you run the, uh, you know, the fake run pitch pass there. Alar is going to complete that. And that's a touchdown. That's a big play. That's a quick score in a hurry, similar to what we see like an Ohio State do, where they don't miss opportunities like that. They don't miss big play opportunities. They don't overthrow guys. They don't throw balls high and in cuts, you know, more times than not. So that's the difference for Penn State right now. Um, and again, fully expect them to win these next two games, finish the season 10 and two, get a fantastic bowl. But to take the next step, they have to capitalize on those big plays. They have to make those big throws. And I think Drew Allard can be that guy moving forward. So the, the future certainly is bright at Penn State. We saw a little bit of Allard out there today. Um, but uh, but no, just just an impressive game and an uh, impressive form defensively, which I know we're about to get into. This was maybe one of the first games I can remember in recent memory, Matt, where you saw James Franklin visibly frustrated with Sean mm -hmm. Clifford on the sidelines there in the first half. They showed very quickly on camera James Franklin going to tap Drew Auer, and you can see him voice, you're going to be ready to go in. And I was kind of expecting to see Aller at halftime. Yeah. That wasn't the case. He got in later in the third quarter, which has been kind of customary in most of the games that he's gotten into, barring an injury that Sean Clifford has sustained. I'm thinking about like the Purdue game. Uh, but even Drew Aller didn't look remarkable in this game. Um, and so I don't want to necessarily be like, well, he's the great hope for 2023. So we're going to you know, look past all that. But I don't, the, the quarterback position between three quarterbacks for Penn State were 16 to 30 under 200 yards passing and a touchdown. Why do you think Aller struggled? Yeah, I think it's just one of those days, right? You, you get put into a game where, you know, you, you know, it's really out of reach. It looked cold. It looked rainy, Tom. It's tough to stand on the sideline like that in those conditions because you're not dressed for warmth. You're not dressed to stand there. When you're a backup, you're dressed to play, right? I've been a part of a lot of those games, you know, college and the NFL, where it's like, all right, I, I have to be up. I have to be moving around. I'm ready to play, so I can't be sitting here all bundled up like that. I have to be ready to go in at, at, at any moment's time. I remember we played 
in Kansas City. I think it might have been 2015 or 2016, Tom, and it's bitter cold out. One of the coldest games I've ever been a part of, Tom. It's one of those games where you're, you run out of the tunnel, you're standing there, and you just laugh. You don't even have to say, yeah. oh, man, it's cold. Everybody when knows it's cold. When can I go back cold. inside? Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. But I'm, I'm dressed to play, right? You're not, you know, and so I remember running across the field, and I'm like, I don't think I can feel my toes. So, like, when you're in those conditions, you're standing around for a few hours like that, it's tough to come off the bench and make throws and, and play lights out. You know, I think the thing you want to just take away from that is, is he making the right reads? How's the operation? Is he getting in and out of the huddle? The no mental errors, things like that. I think those are some of the more important things to take out of, you know, when you're playing what is, I think, still a, a pretty good opponent. They just got shut down by that defense today, which that was one of the better games that they've played because I still believe Maryland's a very good football program. I still believe Maryland's a good football team, but I, I love the game plan um, that Mike Yurcich and, and Manny Diaz put together. You pointed that out early in the game about running the football with these guys. We talked about it that again on the preview, how that front seven was the weak part for this Maryland defense. And then for this Maryland team, really, Penn State exposed that in the run game. Um you know, and uh, I mean, how about I mean, how about that performance defensively from from that front seven, especially? It was fantastic, and you know, it's like you know, I I get tired of being right, Matt. And we <laughs> talked about it on the preview episode for this game, and you know, I I guess I'm not tired of being right because we talked about put the quarterback under center and run the ball. <laughs> And what did they do? They went back to the full house backfield with both Singleton and Allen back there. Strange as your fullback. I haven't seen a fullback at Penn State in a minute. <laughs> yep. And then a tight end on either side of the formation. And that's where the two aforementioned fourth and one touchdown runs come from, from Nick Singleton. I don't expect them to do that every single time. And I do expect to see new wrinkles come out of that. Maybe against Rutgers and Michigan State. Maybe. You just save that for the bowl game against somebody big. Uh, but I loved what I saw out of the running game. And considering something you and I talked about, it's a patchwork offensive line. You had a freshman starting at left tackle. Bryce Effner has struggled in pass protection, but looked good in the running game in this one. Uh, what do you think? Put it all together. Does it a bad day for Maryland or Penn State's evolving? I think they're evolving. I think they're slowly getting better. And I think one of the things that's going to be encouraging that is they continue to get better. And, and continue to grow with that offensive line, growing that run game. I thought Hunter Norzak got exposed a few times today, obviously. But look, it's it's long as there's more good than bad, right? You, you're going to take away something good. You're going to see progress. And, you know, they're, they're – excuse me, my light just went out here, Tom. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where that's what you build off, right, with Rutgers, with Michigan State into bowl practice and then into the bowl game, you carry that stuff into 2023. And I also think like they saw what we saw. What's the weak point of this defense? Where are we a heck of a lot better than they are? Well, I think our running backs are a heck of a lot better than this front seven. If our offensive line could just contain at the point of impact, maybe get to the second level, work to the second level, we're going to have a successful day running the football. Um, You know, I thought they were more physical um, up front. Than, than Maryland was. Um, it was just, it was just, it, it was one of those wins where early on time you knew you were going to have to grind it out. And by the first or the second drive, it was like, just run it. Just run the football, find completions when you have to, but, but just take it to this team. I, I want to talk a little bit about Mike Yurcich's play calling. For the most part, I, I liked what I saw. However, you and I were texting about this a bit. Yursich tends to get pass happy late in the second quarter and into the third quarter and then kind of gets back to the game plan. And it's like they were running the ball extremely well. 
One, I was frustrated that I think there was about five or six minutes left in the second quarter, and it just seemed like it was like, air it out, and let's try and get a score. And it was like, no, you had plenty of time there to run the football and just march down the field. And then on top of that, and again, it's coming back to what we were talking about with you know Sean Clifford's limitation. He's very good completing passes 20 to 25 yards at, at most. Then when it's those verticals, those deep post patterns, it's really not his ball. He was off platform a lot. What do you think about that type of play calling on both those fronts I just mentioned? I, I think what Mike does, it gets to a point, Tom, where it's 21 nothing, 24 nothing, and he gets pass happy because he's thinking to himself, all right, I got to put this game out of reach right now. Right now, we're up three scores, we're up four scores, whatever it may be. We, we got to put our foot on the gas and we got to press the issue and try to put this game out of reach. And for me, like, that's not, I don't think that's the best route to go because when you're scoring consistently, when you're putting good drives together consistently, what you have is working. So don't vary from that. Don't, don't try to do something crazy. Don't try to do something that you haven't done all game. I, if I'm scoring and I know the way my defense is playing, they're putting pressure, pressure, pressure on this guy. They had negative 15 yards at one point in time in this game, which I, I don't think I've seen that yet in the big 10. It was ridiculous. Um, and I know we'll get to the defense in a second, but have a feel for the game, right? Just keep doing what we're doing. If we get in the red zone, we stall out, we'll take three points, right? I'll take shots. I'll take explo- try to get explosive pass plays and things like that, but uh, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to continue to find completions. I'm going to continue to run the football. I'm going to trust my game plan. It's been working already. There, there's no why, – why am I going to try to score twice – you know, extremely fast when I still do have a dangerous quarterback, dangerous wide receivers, and a running back who's done some pretty good things for Maryland this year on the other side of the ball. I mean, it wouldn't, you know, if you keep giving a team like that the ball back, 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 I mean, you know, more times than not, they're going to catch fire, Tom, right, and come back. So I, 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 I just think he tries to put the game out of reach and goes away from the game plan. And when it doesn't work, he goes back to, oh, wait, hang on a second. Let's, let's go back to what what we were doing. Let's settle down here a little bit and just go back to, to what we've been doing. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world that he does it, but like there's games you can get away with it. And there's games you can't get away with. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. Cause you've been uh, discussing it. And, and this was just a great effort. And this is a defense that's been getting better and better every single week um, for them to get, I think it was seven sacks. I have to Gosh. check the stats. Um, exactly on what that number was for Penn State. I'm taking a look right now. Um, yeah, seven sacks. Uh, Talia had only been sacked 14 times coming into the season yep. uh, or coming into this game, excuse me. So uh, obviously he did great. Um, you and I have talked about is that Talia does have the ability to be explosive. However, the knee injury that he's been dealing with as of late, um, apparently hampering him a lot more than you and I anticipated. And there's just some things you have to see how it is when they get out there. Uh, you and I fully expected this Maryland offense to bounce back from a bad performance against yeah. Wisconsin, really bad. And it just got worse. Um, what do you think it was? Do you think it was Talia was pressing or do you just think the Penn State defense was dominant? Penn State defense was dominant. Uh, I mean, uh, you can sit here and rattle off 15 guys that made big time plays today. Like it's just, it's, it's everybody it's everywhere. And like that, that's for me what's frustrating because I see that defense. I think to myself that like, that's a contender defense and not just, and I'm not just talking this might frustrate some people when I say this, Tom, that's not a big 10 championship contender defense. That's, that's an all the way 
type defense right there that they have and that they're building. I mean, the talent, the depth, the the the, the contributions that each player makes, like it, it's just it's it's really, really special what they have. And since we're talking about being right, what do we have to say that you had to do to Tali in this game? Keep him in the pocket. Do not you talked about him being sacked 14 times, he's sacked seven times today. Keep him in the pocket. How many times did he try to escape? Mm-hmm. Right. One's not there. Two is not there. He looks to create. He couldn't get out of the pocket, nowhere to go. And at times when he got out of the pocket, he wasn't going very far. There's a linebacker, Abdul Carter, Kobe King. Somebody was there to make a play and to stop him from creating. They took away one of his one of his best features, and that's the ability to create. So, I mean, this was one of Manny Diaz's better game plans. I think we've seen. Um but man, this defense looks good. And again, I think that for me, that's why it's it's why it's just real frustrating. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, and like you know, we should be very grateful. This team being eight and two, it, you and I talked about it that this team could be as bad as six and six, or as good maybe as like eight and four coming into the season. And now there's no reason you should lose at Rutgers. There's no reason you should lose on Senior Day against Michigan State whatsoever and ironically michigan state beat rutgers this past weekend by a score of six points i think a six point difference 27 21 so i mean those are two games you should dominate as well um looking at this game specifically you talked about abdul carter what did you think of his effort today Uh, fantastic it's it's just like it's one of those things tom and everybody talks about it but this kid like we talked a little bit about alar right when you see it, you're like, eh, okay, that's it. You don't know what it is. It can be it can be a mm-hmm. hundred different things, right? But when you see that kid play, you say, that's it right there, guys. That is it. That like and wearing that number eleven at the linebacker position, man, you just and it's like they knew or they had to have known before everybody else. Because you don't give that number to a defensive linebacker unless you're expecting great things, you're expecting special things. I think, and I think, and we talk about this too sometimes. I think they've done a pretty good job of just kind of working him in and bringing him along. And now the past few weeks, you see more, more, more. And like today, like it's just his reaction time is really well. Um, Quick, his ability to see the offensive line really explosive. <laughs> To yes, to find the football and just go to trust instincts, and for a young player to be able to do that, it's uh, it, it's it's really impressive. His closing speed is stupid, real. There was one play in the first half where Talia rolled out to his right, was looking to throw, and he had space. And the broadcast team said he had space to run it, and that was until the quarterback spy Abdul Carter just in about two seconds, close the gap. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Talia's like, oh, I'm not even thinking about running. And again, we talked about it. There's been a uh, an MCL injury for Talia Tagovailo coming into this game. He didn't want to run. Uh, if he had a wide open window, he was going to take it. But more than anything, he was trying to throw it away. But Abdul Carter just made so many good reads. And it was something yeah. that was genuinely surprising to me, Matt, and we touched on it a little bit before, is that for Penn State to get pressure with four, that's not happened all season. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team has geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee. 
for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. This month is No Shave November, so visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com all month long. You can get a free beard comb with any purchase of $25 or more. Just use the promo code FREECOMB. That's F-R-E-E-C-O-M-B. Also, a reminder, use our promo code PAYDIRT15, that's PAYDIRT15, at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. That's a good offensive line, too, at Merrill. They got a potential high draft pick on that line. I mean, it's Spencer Anderson, Lunsford, um, you know, DJ Glaze. um, uh, Well, gosh, uh, Duncan, I think is uh, there's an, uh, but th- there's a and again, Tom, I I, I called Maryland spring game. I talk I called two games for for Maryland um, a year ago, so I've seen that offensive line grow over a year. That's a good good team. That's a good offensive line. You said it again, and I'll bring it up. They've only been sacked. He's only been sacked fourteen times this year. And for a team that throws the ball a ton, that's a low number. But they 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 abuse that offensive line today. It was really, really impressive. The guys were just flying around. Like you, you could see it was just like something looked different. It was one of those things where I think they were making it a point to say, you're not going to create on us. We're going to take away your best feature. We're going to stick to it. If you're going to beat us, you're going to sit in this pocket and beat one of the better secondaries in the Big Ten, which, again, they couldn't do. I think they were up for the matchup. They were excited to go up against those skilled guys at Maryland. I mean, they... It just from 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 you know the first series, you know third and long, third and long, third and long. You just knew it was gonna be a long day for Maryland. Um, really, really, again, just 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 impressive, Tom, from from a defensive standpoint. I, I want to hear what you think about this and that. You know, it's been up and down for about a month and a half, and the Northwestern game too close for comfort, but you pull it out. You go to Michigan, you get thumped. You play Minnesota at home and you kind of get your mojo back against, you know, a good team, but not a great team. Um, you lose a close one against Ohio State that I don't think a lot of people were expecting. You take care of business late against Indiana, but it was kind of like, eh, you know, it took a minute for Penn State to get going in that game. And then you just blew the doors off the Hoosiers. This was the first game in a while that it felt like Penn State from the opening snap was like, we're going to win this game. Yeah. There was no question about it. Um, and I think that's just a mental thing, and you could speak to that better than I could. It's definitely a mental thing, and it's 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 kind of tough to like. It's tough to explain in a way, Tom, because for me, when I think about it, and it, it could be as simple as this sometimes, where it's like, all right, we, we win the games we're supposed to win, we lose the games we're supposed to lose, right? We talk about that a lot, but it's one of those things too. Where it's like when you go into the Michigan game, are they thinking like? Okay, here we go. This is a big one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like for me, you should never go into a game in th- thinking anything other than you're going to absolutely dominate. You love the game plan. You trust the game plan. You're comfortable with the game plan. You're confident. And yeah, guess what? We're better than you. We're, I don't care who it is. 
Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, doesn't matter. We are better than you. That should be the mentality every single week. And I don't think that is it. I think it's the opposite. I think it's for games where it's like you play Indiana, you play Northwestern, Tom. It's like, yeah, we're going to win this game. But it, it, it's a slow. It take Because they know, well, we're just going to do this, we're going to do that and win. That shows. You go into a game like this today, I think they knew they were better, but I think they knew they had to bring it. And they, they, they freaking did. Yeah. But I think the Ohio State one too, Tom, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, we know we're talented, as talented as Ohio State, but I don't know. We've lost five years in a row now. You know, let's not, let's not do anything that'll cost us the game. You can't play like that. Right. Herm Edwards, you play to win, play to win the game. Yeah. Right. And I just, I feel like sometimes we don't see that. And I know, you know, they're trying to win the game every week. I'm not saying that. But I just feel like it's just a different mindset week in and week out as opposed to Ohio State, who plays to Ohio State standards every week. They're coming out to kick your tail every single week. Michigan is now becoming that team with who they are and what their identity is. We're going to come out. You know what we're doing. We're going to run the football right down your throat. We're going to take completions. We're going to march right down the field. That's what we're doing. You're either going to match us or not. And if you're not going to do it, we're going to we're, we're going to run it. We're going to run you right off the field. So I think Penn State they need to something needs to click, Tom. Where it's like we're playing to our standard, and it's higher than yours. You can either match it, and this is going to be a great freaking game. And if you don't, we're going to kick your butt. I think this is one of those instances, and I'm sure you were able to identify this different levels of football as a player, is that these are the moments where the seeds for future success are planted. And I know so many people wanted Penn State to be in the national championship picture this season. And I don't think that's a practical thought. I appreciate the positivity, but it's just this team was probably not meant to do that. However, what you put on tape today, both offensively and defensively, shows evolution it shows progress it shows penn state being able to move into the future whether it be next season or or not year a couple of years down the road who knows that you can actually feel confident in that statement of yes this team should be in the top four and i know the playoff is about to expand but still legitimately be in the college football playoff and national championship discussion as opposed to i hope we beat ohio state and i hope we beat michigan then it's no, you need to be able to convincingly beat those opponents. It's not got to be 40 to nothing or anything, but you've got to go out there and make people believe in you so that you get those rankings, you get into those games, so you contend with the SEC powers of the world. So I think there's a lot of positive to take away from this game, even though the second half was a little dull for a number of reasons. Yeah, you brought up a good point there where it's one of those games where it's like you can see a little bit of the future creeping through here as we as we get towards the end of this 2022 season. You mentioned Abdul Carter, um, Nick Singleton, obviously Katron Allen. We've seen a little bit of Drew ILR. You saw some other younger wide receivers out there today as well, some of the tight ends too, Tom. You know, so uh, you, as much as you're focusing in on this season, you can see over the past couple weeks really little pieces being added where it's like, ooh, okay, this guy's got potential. This guy's getting better. We're seeing more and more of this guy. So, you know, I do give James and his staff a lot of credit for being able to put guys in and bring them along really well and to continue to prepare them, um, you know, for what the future holds for the team and for what the future holds for them. Because let's be honest, talent-wise, Tom, they're good enough to beat Ohio State. They're good enough to win the Big Ten. They're good enough to represent the Big Ten in the college football playoff, they are that talented. 
it's just about putting it all together, man. It, it's about overcoming that hump. It's about overcoming that. Well, we're just we're. This is a great team, mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. what we are. I mean, do do we dare to be elite, right? Do we? Do we it, it shouldn't even be a thought to me. You know what I mean? The way mm-hmm. the the way you recruit top notch facilities, right? Big time coordinators, right? Big time talent year in and year out. It shouldn't even be a thought anymore. It should be. Yeah, we are elite. We just got to prove it. Speaking of James Franklin, what did you think about his uh, unsportsmanlike <laughs> penalty and his fifteen push-ups? It was uh, push-ups are absolutely ridiculous. But <laughs> what I what I actually I actually enjoyed him getting that flag because, like, you know, sometimes you got you got to protect your team, right? You know what I mean? And like you see it in basketball, a lot of coaches getting teed up. Uh, you know, managers in baseball running out in the field to protect their players and stuff like that. So. I mean, you know, that sends a message to the team that, listen, I got your backs. I'm supporting you. Um, and it's also, he did it at the right time. I think was it 24, nothing at yeah. that, at that time when it happened. So like game, game was getting a little out of hand so you can afford a 15 yarder, um, you know, but, but it's one of those things where it's like, you don't get frustrated. Let me get frustrated. I'll get the flag. Players respect that. And I, I, I respect them for doing it today. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, if anything, Funny uh, the push-ups yeah. at least to kind of be like oh I tell the players to do this when they, well, they even, did they mention what he was even like yelling so, at, so yeah just full disclosure to all our listeners we're recording this minutes after the game has ended uh, so yeah. we haven't exactly heard James Franklin's post-game remarks they, they so. didn't show it right Tom they didn't show no, they didn't it show it on yeah. TV speaking to Thomas Frank Carr I did the uh, live Blue Eight Illustrated post-game show is that Thomas Frank Carr suspected that it was something where um, Brenton Strange had made a mistake. And ultimately, James was getting in his face about it. It happened like a couple of times and had crossed over into the field of play. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's the way Thomas Frank Carr described it. So I don't know entirely if that's the case. I'm sure Franklin was asked about it in his postgame press conference. If not, we'll cover it in our next episode when he oh. does his Tuesday press conference, if if he even bothers to address it. So I'm just completely wrong then right there. He was, <laughs> he got well, it for I no don't know. He probably, he probably got caught, but no, I don't think you're completely wrong, Matt, because like the fact that he was like, you know what, I'm doing pushups or something like that, you know, yeah, just, yeah. you know, trying to show That's that, like, me, hey, yeah. I messed up. Yeah. You know, it shows some ownership. It shows the guys like yeah. we're on the same level. So it's, I know you get, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, cause like you see that a lot in all sports. It's like, it's like, all right, you know, I, I'm getting a technical here. Uh, if something happens throughout the course of the game, I got to yeah. show these guys that I'm protecting them. I'm supporting them. You know, you know, O'Brien did that stuff all the time. Like he'd march out on the field, rip the headset off. Oh, you know, Joe stream Pop out officials. <laughs> Joe, yeah, you know what I mean. Like Tom, like Tom Allen. Tom Allen gets hot on the sideline. You, you like you see a lot of those high energy coaches and things like that who who support their team, have their backs. I, I, I love coaches like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious to hear what his post game press conference. Uh, Brings and we'll cover that in our next episode uh, later in this coming week. Um, I want to keep things in terms of the future because you touched on, you know, the the, the future looks good, and especially for the defense. Uh, Manny Diaz, as defensive coordinator, they said it on the broadcast, maybe the best hire of the offseason in college football. Uh, Manny Diaz, who knows, he could be looking for another head coaching position um, after this season, certainly could be a candidate. I think the stink from what happened at the University of Miami. People have separated Manny Diaz from it because we see what the University of Miami situation and debacle is, and I feel bad for Mario Cristobal. Um, Are you hopeful that Penn State retains Manny Diaz long term? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because you think of that, you think of Yurcich too, right? This is Yurcich's, he's on a two-year deal, correct? Mm. So you think of what the future holds for Mike Yurcich. You'd like to think that he's probably tied to Alar and his development. So, so you, you know, you fully expect uh, Yurcich to be back. But if it's me, right, and, and I'm, you know, and I'm James Franklin and, you know, you're a CEO, you're thinking to yourself, I, I got to keep the group together. I got to do my best to keep this band together. Um, and for the job that Manny Diaz has done in such a short time, um, has been really, really impressive. Um, so yeah, you got to fight to keep those guys there. And it depends on what Manny Diaz wants as well. You know, maybe he likes the position that he's in as a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, you have to think, I mean, he's a young guy. Eventually at one point in time, he will want to be the head coach again, uh, and given another run at, you know, a school where maybe it's not as frustrating to be a head coach, like, like, like Miami, you know, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to keep him to keep him there. Um, there's a lot of young talent, man, and I think the most important thing too, Tom, that you look at was Diaz's ability to kind of teach that system and learn uh, about each and every one of those guys he has on his defense and how to implement them in different ways in his defense, how to use them, who gets reps here, who gets reps when, what my rotation is going to be. I mean, those guys understand what Manny Diaz wants on him. I think that's that that's an extremely important thing. Um, you know, and heck, I mean, if you're Manny Diaz, with the talent and the depth you have, <laughs> you have to assume he loves showing up to work every day and loves game planning for these guys. Well, and you inevitably dealt, dealt with it in your career, both in college and in the pros, that there are certain guys where maybe being a coordinator is best for them. And then Bill O'Brien's a really good example in that he was an offensive coordinator for the Patriots, and then he rose to be a head coach at Penn State, head coach for the Houston Texans. Now he's an offensive coordinator for Alabama. So you'd never know if it's something where maybe he sticks in that role long term. And some guys are just better suited as coordinators. And I think naturally we as fans on the outside look at it and say oh well why wouldn't you want to be in charge and it's not necessarily that it's just what's best for you do you have any experience dealing with yeah. guys who've ebbed and flowed in that respect uh yeah in the nfl uh remember we had a positional coach who had been a head coach but you know was getting towards the end of his career and just had no aspirations to be a head coach again just loved loved being a positional coach uh you know, loved the group of guys that he had, loved being in that meeting room every single day, loved game planning the way he game planned. Um, just, you know, di didn't want to go down that head coaching route again, you know? And, and again, Tom, I, I kind of feel like when you're in that role as a head coach and you have the opportunity to do it and maybe it doesn't go well, you think to yourself, like, maybe I'm just not, I'm not cut out to be a head coach. You know, I, I much, I, I much rather be in a position where, I could focus on just the offense. I could focus on just being a coordinator, right? I think that's where I'm best. I think that's what suits me best. I think that's where I can have my most success. You know, where it's like, you know, some guys like a Kirk Ferentz or a Pat Fitzgerald um, or a Jim Harbaugh, where it's guys like that who just, I mean, fit the mold when it comes to Big Ten football head coaches, um, you know? And it's like Scott Frost, on the other hand, who – you, know, you expected him to bring the world to Nebraska, mm -hmm. but just couldn't get it done. So, I, I, I mean, it's, it, it's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, these next few years now, since we're talking about the future play out at Penn state and, you know, if they can retain Diaz, I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about your 
you know, uh, leaving maybe or, or being a head coach. I don't, I don't think he's, he's there yet, Tom. Um, but, uh, but it'll, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how long Manny decides to stick around for. Also on the defensive side, uh, Joey Porter Jr. did not play in this game. Uh, speaking to Thomas Frank Carr, um, he had alluded to that Nate Bauer had had an inkling of this during the week, that there was an injury sustained during the week that kept Joey Porter out of the game. That being said, the entirety of the secondary played a phenomenal game against Maryland. Uh, what do you think the future looks like, the remaining two games in regards to the secondary? And then if you're in Joey Porter Jr.'s shoes, what do you do? Yeah, and it's the toughest part now, Tom. And it's like you're seeing more and more guys opt out of bowl games. And I know we'll have this conversation again after the season when we're talking about bowl practice and bowl games. Um, but if, like, if you're Joey Porter Jr. and it's some type of injury where it's preventing you from being 100%, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised right now if he's considering just shutting it down. I mean, he's that talented. You, you, you know, he's project, projected to be a first round pick, right? So the last thing you want is if you are injured and you are not 100% to go back out there and get more injured or not be yourself or not, you know, play to your capabilities. Um, You know, knowing that these are two games you're expected to win. It's not like he's healthy and he's just sitting out, right? He, he is injured. He does have an injury time. So you don't want to force it, get back out there and get re hurt and potentially hurt your future. And considering the reigning two games, at Rutgers, home against Michigan State, you understand the emotional pull of being out there with your teammates, being out there for you know the last home game of the season, uh, senior day for a lot of guys, and then obviously a bowl game. You don't know. I, I, I look yeah. back at uh, last season, uh, there are plenty of seniors that stuck around and, and played. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking entirely. Uh, the defensive end, uh, the senior who could have left. Um, it's completely escaping me right now, but yeah, there was, there were so many guys that could have done that. Yeah. And Joey might be that connected to the program that maybe sticks around. I hope it's nothing serious at the end of the day, but the, the progress that we've seen from Wheatley Reed, um, obviously take Brown is holding down the fort and, and Penn state's going to miss him one day. Um, but Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, Daquan Hardy, who you and I love got in there a lot today yeah. and looked really, yeah. really good. So great game. Great game altogether. Um, now looking forward at the remainder of the season, Matt, you know, I talked about it. Michigan State beat Rutgers this past weekend. Um, at Rutgers, are you even remotely worried? I mean, no. You know, and that's it's, it's sad to say in a way because I do think Rutgers is, is on uh, on the right track, headed the right direction to be competitive again in the Big Ten and in the Big Ten East. And Shannon does a great job. They play, they play three phases of the game. They're going to play offense, defense, special teams. You know, this will be a game where they'll get gimmicky. You know, you'll see some reverses, you know, maybe on kick return or some trick plays on offense, maybe heavy pressure, trying to change things up defensively to try to get some turnovers early in this game and make it competitive. But, you know, this is a game where you know you're more talented. You should be better, Tom. But I want to see what I saw today. I want to see no questions asked. Here we go. This is the level we're playing at. You either match it or you don't. That's the Penn State team that I want to see next weekend going into a game where everyone knows they're going to win. Even Rutgers knows they're the underdog. Uh, it was Jesse Lucetta. That was the name that was escaping yeah. me <laughs> from, from last season. I'd feel bad if I forgot about Jesse Lucetta, who you and I have uh, sung his praises about many, many times. But uh, just a quick reminder for all our listeners, once again, this coming Friday, November 18th, we will be live on ESPN Radio State College with our next episode, not from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, but instead from 1 p.m. 
to 2 p.m. Eastern will be your lead in for Penn State men's basketball, because if there's anything that you think about when it's basketball, it's Matt McGloin, because uh, I'm sure you're you've got a fabulous jump shot. I was a thousand point scored in high school, Tom. So were you really? Yeah. <laughs> really? What position did you play? Point guard, shooting guard. Really? What were you averaging yeah. a game? Uh, I started four years. I started as a freshman varsity basketball, actually. Yeah. <laughs> How have I not heard this? A thousand points? That's that's yeah. a lot of points. Obviously, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was a big uh, basketball player growing up. It was, yeah. So uh, speaking of records, uh, Sean Clifford now the all-time leading in uh, leader in passing yards. What do you think? Congratulations, man. I mean, that's a it's an impressive list when you look at it. You know, some of those names that you know he's had the opportunity to pass. Um, it's a special group, man. So. You know, um, and again, he, he's done a lot of great things for the university, a lot of great things for the program. He's playing a lot of football games. You know, you can tell he's a leader. You can tell he's a tough kid. He's a captain. Team rallies around him. He's received a ton of criticism, Tom. And again, I give him a ton of credit for dealing with it the right way, continuing to play hard, continuing to play tough. And then, again, I, I know what he's going through because I've been in that situation before. I've been, I've been in that situation as a starter, and I've been in a situation as a backup. You know, so I know what those guys are going through, um, but you can tell he's a class act, man. So, uh, you know, a lot of respect for him and what he's done. Number 14, Penn State beats Maryland by a score of 30 to nothing this coming Saturday. They are on the road at four and six Rutgers. Uh, two games left this season. We'll see if Penn State can close out the regular season and finish it 10 and two, like many people are projecting. We'll have a full preview of that game, Penn State versus Rutgers, later on this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College this Friday, November 18th, at a special start time of 1 p.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. Eastern. We will return to our normal schedule on Monday, November 21st. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB11, and at Tom Hannafin. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Paydirt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.